This is HPR episode 2356 entitled, Safely Enabling SSH in the Default Raspbian Image. It is hosted by Ken Fallen and is about 33 minutes long and carries an explicit flag. The summary is, Ken walks us through a script to secure the base Raspbian pixel image. This episode of HPR is brought to you by anhonesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HPR15. That's HPR15. Better web hosting that's honest and fair at anhonesthost.com. My name is Ken Fallon and you're listening to another episode of Hacker Public Radio. Today I want to talk to you about re-enabling SSH on the default Raspbian image. Recently they've disabled it because um, having SSH enabled by default, having um, a known username of Pi with a known uh, password of Raspberry, and having that in the hands of 11 million, uh, 11 million of these devices in the hands of people who, by definition, are uh, beginners at computing, is probably not a good idea. So they've rightly disabled that. Uh, you can enable it, of course, quite easily via the GUI uh, preferences interfaces SSH enabled or via Raspbian config interface options SSH yes and OK finish. There is, however, a third option. So when you're burning the image itself, you can um, either put it into a Pi and then log in with a keyboard video and uh, keyboard HDMI screen and mouse, and then create a file called SSH on the boot partition. You can shortcut this by when you're burning the image, you can eject it and then re-inject it, uh, re uh, insert it into your computer, open it up, the boot image, and then create a file called SSH in the boot directory. It actually doesn't matter what's in there, can contain next text or nothing at all, and that will enable SSH by default. Or you could actually go into the configuration and turn it on manually. But um, I want to do a none of these things because in that amount of time that uh, I don't, uh, I basically want it coming out of the box already enabled with SSH enabled in my default images. Um, and I want to enable it as soon as it downloads. So basically that will involve mounting the image, uh, writing that file. But I want to do a few other things as well. Um, with the image. I want to change the root password and change the um, Pi password to something very, very long and unwieldy. And then I also want to make a few settings to the uh, SSH server that's going to be running on the Pi image. That That's the one that listens for your incoming connections when you SSH to my Pi, Pi at my Pi. Uh, that's the one that's listening over there. And that will forbid the root user from ever logging in via SSH 
and we also are going to prevent any user logging in unless they're using SSH keys. What are SSH keys, Ken? Well, they're a cool thing that is asynchronous. Um, you get a public and a private key. Your public key is secret and you keep it and your private key you put onto the Pi. And that means once you have unlocked your public key, you can type SSH Pi at Pi and vlip, it will do the key exchange, confirm that you are who you say you are and allow you access without a username and password. Surely that's more insecure. Actually, it's not. So that's what we're going to do. For those of you who don't want to stick around for the long excruciating uh, explanation of what I'm doing there is a bash script in the show notes and there are detailed show notes available to explain how to do this um, using um, with step-by-step instructions so if you, if you just want to have a look at that uh, bash script feel free to do so um, I've deliberately made it so that you need to edit it and uh, but the steps are kind of obvious I don't go into massive uh, customizations there's loads of stuff I could do I could change the background I could create other users I could do all sorts of stuff like that but I want to not do that because uh, experience a lot of experience has shown that that's not a good thing you should uh, use automation tools like Ansible Chef Puppet or CF Engine or something like that and manage your Raspberry Pi um, with those tools if you've got a lot of them or if you've only got one or two then do it however you want to do it yourself but using SSH keys um, if you have a lot of Raspberry Pis and don't like this image thing, another approach is to use the network boot option, link in the show notes, which will allow you to uh, do what, you know, similar to a Pixie boot in the past where you mount an NFS mount uh, immediately so that the um, Raspberry image boots up connects to the network and then mounts its home directory kernel image everything comes across in the network and in that, in that situation there's very little read and writes on the sd card very little chance that it will get damaged and you can probably use a smaller sd card or something like that but then those units just become um quite easily and replaceable so um the rest of the show will basically be describing how i download the image how I verify it's intact, extracting the image, enabling SSH, changing the username and password, and securing the SSH server for the Pi. So the first thing that we need to do is download the image from the uh, Raspberry website. They're using a SHA-1 sum to confirm that the file is intact. That has actually been shown to be compromised. So they should be using SHA-256, so you can expect that change coming soon. Uh, I guess I personally use I get the uh, show one sum from the website and then I uh, show one sum and then the image zip file name and I pipe that to grep with the show one sum coming out and that way if I get the if grep is able to find it then I know that the show one has passed which is one way of doing it I use 7-Zip, which is usually not installed by default, as my extraction tool of choice, largely because I use quite a lot of 7-Zip files. They're the highest compression method for large XML files, uh, taking, in my experience, a 1.5 gig file down to something like 35 megabytes, a 1.5 gig XML file. So good compression. Nice thing about it is you can throw zip files at it, you can throw B... Um, 
GNU files that it and is free and open source software as well available in all repositories so I'm doing uh, LS here and the Shaw one sums which you can uh, which I'm going to use for later so that after unzipping the file we're left with an image file and some of you may be asking well you hear this term uh, I've got to download this image for this and download this image for that so what exactly is an image file and it's kind of important to understand in our case an image file is a bit by bit copy of what the developer has on their desk so they have a SD card and a position one section one blah one there's a number and that's either a one or a zero and after finishing this the position of position one will be the same position two will be the same position three and so forth right through so that you will have an identical copy of your SD card including all empty space and everything will be on your SD card now to make it transportive of that uh, as efficient as possible the uh, first thing you usually do in your Raspberry Pi is you, you extend those partitions um, to take in the additional space that's going to be on yours so you're not transporting four gigabytes of empty zeros at the end of the disk but what you're doing when you get an image file be it a image file of a CD or a DVD or in fact a Raspbian image you're getting a bit by bit copy of their file okay so um, you can mount that using the Raspberry or the Linux mount command and that has supported the loop option for years and uh, probably lots of you have mounted CDs and DVD images uh, using the loop option in the past but the first thing I would like you to do is nip over to have a look at what the boot sequence is for um, for Raspbian uh, pixel disk desktop what is the boot sequence and it gives you uh, the basics which is um, absolutely great infographic I won't go through here it tells you the names of all the files where they're located um, on the boot partition of the SD card and what's loaded what file name is loaded and that file loads the next one and that file loads the next one so very good infographic so you can have a look at that so down to the nuts and bolts we now have the image and in order to uh, enable SSH we need to write a file into the boot directory of this SD card and how we can do that is we can uh, mount the image no problem there we've all mounted uh, uh, DVDs and stuff well there kind of is mm. thanks Tlatu coffee um, in this case unlike a CD image this SD card has got um, two partitions one is a small boot partition and the other is a larger Linux partition and at the beginning there is partition information to tell you where the boot partition is and the um, root partition or the Linux partition is so how do we find out that so I have a link there to an ask Ubuntu question that will show you uh, the answer to this and that is using fdisk with the dash dash list and the dash dash units option so the list shows you the list partition uh, table and the units shows you the size in sectors or cylinders of that so when we run fdisk space 
dash dash list space dash dash units on uh, 2017-06-21 Raspbian Jesse dot image in our case. We see the second line has unit sectors of 1 multiplied by 252 bytes, which is the important one, blah, 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 device, boot, start, and thingy. And then we see there are two images in there, uh, two partitions, one of type win. 95FAT32LBA and the other of type Linux. Uh, one is 41.7 meg and the other is 4.3 megabit. And we also see a start and end section. So it's the start that we're interested in. That is 8192. So essentially what that does is it gives you that is the number of uh, units from the start that that partition begins. So the units uh, uh, kids are home next door so we can multiply 8192 by 512 and we will get an answer for exactly how many bytes from the very first byte we need to start in order to access and mount this um, partition and we can get that by running that command and using awk and using this slash slash parameter with the caret sign units showing sort of grep as in filter out the units something beginning with units and then i want you to print me the second to last uh piece of information in which case in our case that's 512 give them specs with the number of units and we can do the same thing for the start value and we're in that case we're uh, awking and we're filtering for win 95 fat 32 and we're printing the second uh, value which is the start value 8192 comes back that's wonderful and because we've all spent time listening to dave morris we know that we can multiply two numbers together by using the dollar echo dollar open bracket open bracket one number multiplied by the other number close bracket close bracket in our case the 8192 by 512 will give you 4194304 and if we use that with mount space dash O space loop comma offset four one nine four three zero four and then the image and then slash mount SD card which is where we're going to mount it on our local machine. Then we will find that our disk mounts and then in the show notes I give you instructions on how to do all of that in the script. So if you do ls slash mnt slash SD card you get a whole go of um, you basically get the boot uh, device where you can see config.txt and I don't know kernel.image and license broadcom license oracle blah 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 and all the files for the um, for the mounting the Raspbian boot image. Now you could use a text editor at this point, but uh, you know we're doing a script, so I'm just going to touch the command using uh, create the file using the touch command slash mount slash sd card slash ssh and that creates a zero byte file in the in that uh, location so what we're going to do now is unmount the slash mount sd card so we're finished with the root partition because we don't what we want to do we will now enable ssh you could Take that uh, image, put it into your uh, Raspberry Pi and boot it up, and you're back into the exact same position. You're listening, your computer will be listening on an open port, 22 
and the username raspberry uh username pi and ras username pi password raspberry and you'll be able to log in so that's not really what we want to do what we want to do is um generate some ssh keys here uh if you are not familiar with ssh keys and giving you a link in the show notes to a good overview of ssh keys why what are the advantages your passwords never sent over the network uh, eliminates brute risks of brute force attack and it's a lot more convenient couldn't agree more if you've never uh, generated ssh keys um the best s ssh key to use nowadays is ed25519 and you can generate those using ssh-keygen space dash t which will um, determine the type ed25519 space dash f which will specify the file name and in my case i'm just going to pick the default in the local wherever i happen to be id ed25519 and dash c and putting in uh, raspberry pi keys for ansible and that will create uh, two, key, two keys for you. A public key, which has got a .pub, and a private key, which has got, um, which is a slightly larger file, uh, 111 for the .pub and 419 bytes for the private file. Your private file cannot stress enough. You will be asked to put in a use, uh, username and password. You should do that. Uh, cannot stress enough that you keep the the private key very very safe make sure you've got copies of it because you um, will need to be able to um, get access to it again the public key you don't really care what it is now if you don't understand the reason why there is an excellent video released by the can academy and it's released under cc by sa uh, i believe nc perhaps and it's been stitched together um the various different sections of it by brick crew uh, brick it's originally a british cruise uh video and goes to an absolutely excellent description of how uh where ssh keys come from why they were needed why they were developed and the advantage of them uh, essentially it boils down to mixing two different colors of paint so you have you share the same color, so you're going to mix it with red, and you have one color green, and the other person has some other color. And by mixing the two colors with red, you pass the share, the outcome of that to them, and they pass the outcome of theirs to you, and you mix your color secret color with their mixed colors that will give their other color. Very, very good. If that doesn't make a lot of sense, have a look at the video. It's well worth a watch. Um, so I show out here what they what's the contents of the two key files obviously you keep your public uh, private key very private and you can copy it into your own ssh directory and that will allow you to that's where that your system will be expecting to find it so this is the ssh directory on your computer not on the pi unless you happen to be your computer is a pi in this case so uh, the one that you're going to be connecting from that's where you put your public key in you can by the way use the dash dash i command to specify a different location but that's outside the confines of this anyway on to the next step what we want to do is do the same thing as we did with the mounting the boot directory we want to mount the root directory which is linux 
So we're going to do exactly the same commands that we did before. We're going to mount the image. We're going to um, use awk to look for units. And we're, instead of having awk look for Win35, Win it's going to look for Linux. It's going to multiply the sizes out and it's going to mount them in an SD card. So then at the end of this, we will have the SD card slash mount slash SD card will mount the root directory. So for example, slash home slash pi will be available. So the eventual home slash home slash pi uh, directory where you will be when your pi boots up is now available on your other master computer under slash mount slash SD card slash home slash pi. Clear, clear as bog water, sir. Okay, so... Now what we want to do is we want to copy over your public key to the image so that when the Pi boots up, it knows where to find a list of keys that are authorized to log into the, its computer. And those are kept in a hidden directory. Hidden is denoted by a, any directory starting with a period, a full stop, followed by, in this case, SSH. So in a .ssh directory, in your home directory, if there's a file called authorized underscore keys, that will contain a list of public keys. They're in the, in the file. So all the public keys that are allowed. So you, uh, your friends, whoever needs to access this pie, each of you have got your own public key for your own private key so for example there's three of you and you would have a text file with three keys one after the other underneath there and that's in your slash home slash pi dot ssh slash authorized underscore keys file which of course is mounted on slash mount slash sd card slash home slash pi slash dot ssh slash authorized keys yeah so all we need to do is cat our id underscore ed two five five one nine dot pub into that file link in the show notes and as you can see in the show notes we've copied that file over unfortunately it's not as simple as that before we do that we actually need to make the directory because the dot ssh directory does not exist so we can we use the make your command now ssh is absolutely paranoid about any changes on this, if the on these directories and these files, if the files are not formatted correctly, if they don't have the right permissions, if they're in the wrong location, it will not allow somebody to log in, which is right and correct. So we have a series of commands that we need to do, three in fact. First one is we need to make a directory. The second one is we need to... Um, change mod on that let's change the mode on it so it's 700 allowing the uh, user to read write and execute and the execute from the directory being uh, the ability to change into the directory and then we change the ownership to 1000 1000 which uh, i'll get to in a minute so ssh is very paranoid about that um so the where does the thousand one thousand come from for the permissions well if you are on this computer here, for example, that isn't a Pi. It isn't going to have a Pi username created. It's going to have your username, you know, Joe or Bob or whatever, Beelzebub. Um, and that will have a user, uh, a user ID. So normally, 
when I wanted to change permissions, I can go change owner, Ken, colon, Ken. So it's the group, it's a user called Ken and the group called Ken. But as this doesn't exist on this image, we need to find out what that is. So how we do that is we check grep for the lines beginning with pi on slash mount slash SD card slash ETC slash pass WD, P-A-S-S-W-D. And that will show pi colon x colon 1000 colon 1000 and then comma, 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 and then home pi colon. And that basically is the line that tells the system what user ID number, what the username is and what the ID is of the user. And we do the same thing, egrep lines beginning with pi, a charrette symbol, like a hat or shift uh, six on a US keyboard. Um, slash mount, slash SD card, ETC and groups. And we see that the pi group has got an ID of 1000. So in both cases, we can use change own 1000 colon 1000 because even though 1000 1000 is probably the user that you're using on your own laptop right at the minute uh, because you're more than likely the first and only user created there, that's going to be the user of the Pi over, over there. So we change the ownership of the authorized key file to be what will be the Pi user when we boot that machine up. And we change the octal permissions on that file to 600 which is read and write we don't need execute on this execute on a file means this file is allowed to load um, uh, runtime code into the processor as in it, it is a program so that prevents some malicious attacker getting access to this file and using it as a way to uh, run code on the machine so that's the that's the authorized keys part done excellent now what we need to do is restrict the root and require keys for the Pi's SSH server. So in order to do that, we need to edit the file sshd underscore config, which is kept in the slash etc file of the Pi, which in our case would be slash mount, slash SD card, slash etc, and then ssh d underscore config and there are two parameters that we want to change one is permit root login if this option is set to no root is not allowed to log in and just for clarity i put in via ssh and then password authentication specifies whether password authentication is allowed the default is yes and what we're going to do is we're going to change password authentication to no and permit root login to no um, and I'm not going to tell you how to do that. It's using SED. Uh, if you want to know more about SED, look up Dave Morris's show, which is linked in the show notes. So the next thing we're going to do is we need to change the root and pi user password. Now, this one is a little bit more complicated. So um, you can check for, I'm using egrep, uh, quote, root, pipe, pi, quote, slash mount slash uh, sd card slash etc slash password and i see that there's a root user and a pi user in there and both have x in the second column which means that their encrypted password is stored in the slash etc shadow file and if we look in there slash mount sd card etc we see that the root has got an asterisk meaning there is no password set and they're not allowed to log in and the pi has a password and it begins with dollar six and a dollar six uh, is 
um, tells the system that it is a SHA-512 hashed password. And normally, if you're doing this trick uh, of generating passwords, you get a $5, which is an MD5 password, which is not secure anymore. So you're looking for a SHA-6. Now, the best um, option I could come across to do that was a link for how to uh, over at serverfault.com. And the answer was given by Davey. How do I create a SHA-2512 hashed password for Shadow? And he or she uses a inline Python 3 script to import crypt and then print crypt.crypt and then correct horse battery stable and then add some salt to the end of that file and basically creating a root password in a root password variable. And I do the same thing for the Pi user and then I use said again to replace uh, to find the root um, user and then change their password and find the pyro user and change the password and we can confirm that those are changed so those are all three things that we need to do so what we can do now is unmount the sd card using umount space slash mount slash sd card and i'm going to rename the files so uh, i just uh, rename them dash ssh enabled and then when we do an ls of the images, we see that the images that we have just created are have got the same file size as the images that we downloaded from the Raspbian website, which is kind of strange. Um, and But if we do a show one sum, we find that the images, the checksums have in fact changed. So there you go. That is because the file size has not changed because we were just changing ones and zeros that were already there to different ones and zeros. But they show some will look at those order of ones and zeros and say, are they the same or not? And we'll give you a hash of those. So then we have an image that we're ready to burn. And uh, burn is a traditional term coming from taking an ISO image and putting a C on to a CD and the laser literally burns away the, the uh, coating on the CD or DVD cover. And we're going to use the normal way of doing this, which is uh, DD space BS equals 4M. So 4 meg, um, I think byte sector, don't know what that stands for, didn't look it up. And there's a cool new option in the recent versions of DD to give you a status equal progress. Um, and that, you know, prints out some uh, progress. Don't know how useful it is, but at least you know that the program is doing something. And then the IF file, in file, equals the uh, image file with SSH enabled. And the OF is slash dev slash MMCBLK0 in my case. How you can check to see if that's the same for your case is first extract the um, SD card do an LSBLK um, and see the list insert the card again and do an LSBLK and then you will see the differences between the two outputs will more than likely be yours just to be sure I tend to eject all other things my phone my Sansa clip everything so that I know 100% sure that what I'm burning the images onto is what I'm burning the image onto. You need to be very, very careful. Be awake. Engage brain, folks. Engage brain. 
Okay, so now what we have is a regular old Raspbian image, which um, during the course of researching this and writing it up, they actually changed and updated the image. So I am able to confirm that it still works. And um, when I put it into my Pi, I was able to do SSH space dash I, and then the ID underscore ED25519 space pi at and then the IP address of my pi and then boom I'm logged in without using name or password. If I tried logging in as root, uh, it says uh, rejected. If I try and log in with pi without a key, it says rejected. Um, but that's not really very handy because um, every time I do that, I need to add the uh, password. And now you might be tempted to put in the password like that we've generated uh, uh, before in the um, script earlier on. But that is not the password that's been asked for. You've been asked for the password of your SSH key. So what I have in the morning is first thing I do, I boot up my machine, I grab my cup of coffee and I type SSH-agent. Actually, we all know I don't do that. I type a shorter key sequence that does a load of other things, one of which is running SSH-agent. I enter my very long password, and I do mean very long password, and I press enter, and then for the rest of the day, I can then SSH into any server, any server that has my keys on it, any server that has my SSH public key on it in the authorized key file, I will be able to log into that without being challenged for a username or password. And that is it. That is how you enable SSH securely on a Raspbian image. I think I have managed to make it a lot more complicated than it actually is. Download the script, have a look at it, modify it for your needs, and uh, you can even, like, I don't know, change... Uh, change the default username and password to some random strings or whatever because you probably won't be needing them all right tune in tomorrow for another exciting episode of hacker public radio you've been listening to hacker public radio at hackerpublicradio.org we are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website, or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.